Good morning, Pensacola. Andrew McKay and the Pensacola Morning News starts right now. level the playing field and to fight the perceived bias of big tech violates the First Amendment several times over. It interferes with editorial discretion. It compels speech. It discriminates on the basis of content, speaker, and, view and viewpoint. And it does all this in the name of promoting free speech, but loses sight of the first principle of the First Amendment, which is it only applies to state action. That's Paul Clement arguing on behalf of, uh, what was it, Next Media, I think is the name of the company that he's representing, that they were the ones who were responding to the Florida law passed several years ago that purports to preserve freedom of expression on social media platforms by preventing, for example, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook from banning accounts, shadow banning by not prioritizing them in the feed, and generally you know, creating a place within which those accounts don't get seen or don't get seen often enough. And he says, look, uh, the First Amendment applies to the government. The First Amendment protections against interference do not apply against people like Facebook and Twitter because they're not government agents. Thomas, Clarence Thomas, of course, is one of the... It, Clarence Thomas always brings a unique flavor to whatever is going on. And so I always appreciate him. Sometimes it's funny, sometimes unintentionally. Been fortunate or unfortunate to have been here for most of the development of the Internet. <laughs> uh, and uh, the argument under Section 230 has been that you're merely a conduit, which it exact, that was the case that back in the 90s and perhaps the early 2000s. Now you're saying that you are engaged in editorial discretion and expressive conduct. Doesn't that seem to undermine your Section 230 arguments? That's exactly correct. The whole history of these platforms has been we need to be protected from accountability for what shows up on our platforms because we don't create it, we don't choose it, there's too much of it for us to properly moderate and so you cannot hold us accountable. That's what Section 230 does. It protects them from being liable for the things that show up on their platform. Now they're arguing we are engaging in speech, therefore the government cannot interfere with us because what we are doing with our platforms is so much a product of what we want to say, select, emphasize, or de-emphasize that you cannot stop us from doing so, which is the exact opposite point of view from what they have always said, and exactly why Section 230 does not protect them to the degree that they are engaging in expressive content. Now, it might protect, uh, you know, expressive content would protect them from the Florida law, but then they become liable or accountable for all the things that are available on their platform. In passing Section 230, looked at some common law cases that basically said, well, if you're just a pure conduit, that means that you're free from liability. But if you start becoming a publisher by keeping some bad conduct out, content out, then you no longer have that common law liability protection. And as I understand 230, the whole point of it 
was to encourage websites and other regulated parties to essentially uh, exercise editorial discretion, to keep some of that bad stuff out of there. Yeah, to allow them to do that without becoming fully liable for the stuff that remains, so to speak. Uh, and then questions come. Alito was asking good questions. Uh, Kavanaugh was asking good questions. Katanji Brown-Jackson, uh, Jackson Brown, Brown-Jackson, KJB, KJB, uh, was asking good questions. And very, both, for both sides, okay, that this is uh, uh, Justice Alito. Does the Florida law cover Gmail? <clears throat> The, the Florida law, I, I think by its terms, could cover Gmail. All right. So uh, does Gmail have a First Amendment right to delete, let's say, Tucker Carlson's or Rachel Maddow's Gmail accounts if they don't agree with her uh, or his or her viewpoints? Uh, they, they might be able to do that, Your Honor. I mean, that's obviously not uh, something that has been the square focus of this litigation. And the big distinction, the big question that's going to come from the Supreme Court when they make this ruling on whatever pieces of the Florida law they decide to uphold or strike down, and I'm suspicious that they will uphold some and strike down others, quite frankly, is which features or functions of the platform are more like uh, a newspaper expressing content, even if it's just editorial selection of submissions, and or a magazine and which features are more like say common carriers where right of access you know the right to buy a train ticket or a plane ticket or the right to uh talk in the public square or the right to for example facilitate phone calls or emails you know something like what gmail does and if it's more like those things then they're not going to be protected from regulation because the regulation is designed to make the access equal and if they are more like newspapers and magazines, then they are engaging in expressive content where they are protected from government interference. They can have a point of view, but that would also mean that they would lose protection under Section 230 for the consequences of those things. Now, you heard a tone from several of the justices that um, they were really trying to wrap their brains around what to do with this new problem of private entities – with so much power, who define the modern public square, who are not government agents, but who are engaging in something that looks very much like censorship. Can you um, give me one example of a case in which we have said the First Amendment protects the right to censor? Yeah, and the answer is no, not really. What they don't call it is censorship. What they call it is uh, content moderation, right? That's what they keep calling it. It's not censorship because censorship is something the government does. We'll come back to this in a second. Jake has got traffic on the files. Jake? This traffic report brought to you by ECUA. I'm not seeing any accidents reported by FHP at the moment. And looking at the congestion maps here, there is nothing slowing you down around town. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. Highway 90 coming out of Milton through Pace this morning is clear. If you're on Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre, nothing's slowing you down. Looks like 9 Mile not showing any issues, and we're looking good from 12th Avenue through to Palafox and W Street. If you see anything out there slowing you down, always call or text our traffic tip line and let us know, 437-1620. ECUA Bulkway service is now call for pickup. Call by 2 p.m. the day before your service day. Learn more at ecua.fl.gov. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to the arguments from the Supreme Court on Monday over this law passed several years ago that uh, SB 7072, the Transparency and and Technology Act, and this question of what to do when a massively influential information source, not government-operated private entity, engages in something that looks a lot like censorship, 
feels like censorship and seems to violate the very things that they say they're in business to do, which is to facilitate communication, to allow people to express themselves, whether through discriminating against posts, having con- against people having um, accounts at all, or to discriminate against particular content or posts, or to de-emphasize those posts and deprioritize them in the way it promotes them to other people, an unequal promotion, so to speak. And that's where they say, well, this is content moderation, which is a form of speech or expressive content, uh, conduct excuse me, uh, protected by the First Amendment against interference by state actors like Florida, which is also kind of a funny one because originally the First Amendment only protected you against Congress's interference. And through incorporation, it now includes the states. I would prefer to go back to the original interpretation where it is only the federal government that can be uh, violating your free speech rights because states were allowed to in the beginning and a whole host of other things. But that's a side note. We are we are where we are, and Florida cannot engage in censorship. That's correct under current legal interpretation. But Alito says it, it's content moderation, isn't that just a euphemism? There's a lot of new terminology bouncing around in these cases, and just out of curiosity, uh, one of them is content moderation. Could you define that for me? So, you know, look, content moderation to me is just editorial discretion. It's a way to take the, 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 all of the content that is potentially posted on the site, exercise editorial discretion in order to make it less offensive to users and advertisers. Is it, is it anything more than a euphemism for censorship? I want to just ask you this. If somebody in 1917 was prosecuted and thrown in jail for opposing U.S. participation in World War I, was that content moderation? So if the government's doing it, then content moderation might be a euphemism for censorship. If a private party is doing it, content moderation is a euphemism for editorial discretion. And there's a fundamental difference between the two. Here's one of the challenges that did not come up in the conversation, but I wonder if the Supreme Court might look at it. The message. Justice Thomas briefly asked, like, what's the message? What is the message? Well, the message is, let's get eyeballs, let's make money. Right? Content moderation is organized entirely around accumulating length of view, more accounts, having you spend more time on the platform so that they can sell advertising, right? It's not obvious that that's a message that the First Amendment would protect. That's certainly a capitalist endeavor, but mm, that's not the same thing. And I'm curious if that might come up in the Supreme Court's uh, decision here. So this issue of, you know, whether it's censorship, whether it's not, Tanja Brown-Jackson. What do you do with the fact that now, today, the Internet is the public square? And I appreciate that these... Uh, companies are private companies. But if the speech now is occurring in this environment, why wouldn't the same concerns about censorship apply? So two reasons, Your Honor. I mean, one is I I really do think that censorship is only something the government can do to you. And if it's not the government, you really shouldn't label it censorship. It's just a category mistake. Well, Yeah, but Americans have this pretty deep-seated revulsion towards the idea of people telling them what they can and cannot say, especially when they have enticed them into participation in an endeavor where the very promise was what you want to say. Here, come do this thing. We'll let you speak. No, no, no. We don't like the content of your speech. We're going to prohibit that. That may be action by a uh, private entity, but it sure does feel like the thing we all hate as Americans. And so the question is, 
Should they be protected in that or not, and to what degree? And I'll tell you, here's here's my analysis of how I think the Supreme Court's going to attack this. And by the way, I'm going to be talking about this a lot today, so if you want to go back on the podcast page and listen like the 5 a.m., we played different clips and talked about different slices of this case. Same thing will be true at 7 a.m., uh, so sometimes if you want to learn more, there's more to be learned. Um, but the short takeaway is I think there are three activities that the social media companies might be engaged in, and whether they're going to be protected or not. Uh, allowing somebody on the platform is number one. Banning accounts or allowing accounts. That's where the government is at its strongest. It's access to a service, like telling you that you cannot prohibit somebody from coming into the bar because you don't like their politics. Okay? The second one is going to be the particular post, whether a person has the right to post that content. The government is still going to be at its pretty close to strongest there, protecting the right of people to say what they want to say within the milieu of a common carrier analogy. The one where I think the government is likely to lose is going to be on the question of the feed or the promotion, the algorithm, how things get promoted. Because in telling the social media company that they have to favor equally or plus minus these different things, that's telling them how to operate their business and telling them what they may or may not say where they're at their most interventionist with regards to you know um, editorial control. If the government loses, it'll be in that area, and that will be things like the shadow banning or the, you know, making sure that you don't uh, deprioritize, for example, political candidates or journalistic sources. But that's my guess is that Florida will win on either two out of three, possibly three out of three of those kind of elements. 623 on News Radio 923. I'm Andrew McKay. I've been collecting watches since around 2018. Uh, made my first big purchase thinking that was going to be my only watch. When you're looking at watches and you're doing them online or if you're in the secondary market, it can be scary because there's a lot of fakes. And I really do focus in on coming into uh, an authorized dealer like Berets for any of the Omega or Breitling purchases. They will let you try it on, take pictures, go home, think about it, and just really set your mind at ease. Come visit us at Beret Jewelers. Join Stephen Schmidt, Marine Service Technology Instructor at Georgetown Technical College on the Pensacola Expert Panel tomorrow at 10 a.m. Key Marine Center is sponsoring the show. When Key Marine needs to hire Marine Service technicians, they hire students from Georgetown Technical College. It's a dream team, so join them tomorrow at 10 a.m. on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 a.m. 1620. News Radio Pensacola on 92.3, 95.3, and AM 1620. Informative, local, dependable. It's going downhill fast. It I is. think it'd be a great time to go to commercial break. <laughs> well, since my baby left me, will I find a new place to dwell? Well, it's down at the end of Lonely Street, that heartbreak hotel where I'll be. I'll be just a lonely baby. Well, I'm so lonely. I'll be lonely. I could die. Good morning, 625 News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. Uh, Jake Walker, my producer, has traffic on the fives. Jake? <laughs> yes, I, I never call you that on the air. Do you, do you no. like it? Does it make you feel weird? It, it makes me feel good because it's really sort of a uh, delusion of grandeur, really, <laughs> um, because I just really operate the board and just listen to what you're talking about. He gets about. a producer credit I at do. the end of the film yes. every single day. Yes, I do. Awesome. Uh, I'm not seeing anything on our roadways this morning. I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds, not showing any slowdowns on Pine Forest or in Car City. No delays on Burgess or Olive. Highway 29 is accident-free from the Atmore cutoff in Molino through Cantonment. 
Uh, looks like Highway 90 coming out of Milton through Pace is clear, and uh, Cervantes is good through the curve on Scenic Highway. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text me on our traffic tip line. That number is 437-1620. I'm your producer, Jake Walker, with Traffic <laughs> on the Fives. Uh, somebody asked the question, uh, texting me, 437-1620. What if the government is instructing private entities what to moderate behind the scenes? Wouldn't then that fit the definition he just gave of censorship only covering the government? Yes. Yes, this is the problem with the Biden administration influencing platforms to uh, not publish things or to deprioritize things that they view as running afoul of, say, truth claims or their own agenda during COVID. Yes, if government is influencing the presentation of speech, then that is very much a violation of the First Amendment. That looks very much like censorship. That's right. Now, the question there would be, well, were they just giving opinions? Or were they engaged in coercion, leverage, official actions? Fine line to distinguish, frankly. Uh, Too fine for my taste. I would say government just shouldn't be involved in that business. But uh, to be fair, how they would respond is, well, isn't that what Florida's doing? Florida's being involved in that business. Well, Florida's trying to create and preserve fairness, whereas the Biden administration was trying to prevent content that they did not agree with and that they thought was harmful to the health of the society. Two very different goals. Uh, In the newsroom this morning, we have David Wayne with our headlines. David? New York State Police are investigating after an envelope containing white powder was sent to the office of their Attorney General, Letitia James. Nobody was injured. Uh, The envelope was also sent, or an envelope with white powder also sent to the judge who oversaw Donald Trump's civil fraud case. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin will be uh, questioned in a congressional hearing today over his decision not to tell the president about his recent surgery. Of course, Austin had prostate surgery last month and didn't tell anybody for several days. Uh, And Nintendo suing developers who created a Nintendo Switch emulator. The lawsuit was filed in Rhode Island this week. It accuses Tropic Haze LLC of copyright violations and pirating Nintendo's video game software. Nintendo says Tropic Haze's emulator is being used to pirate their games at a colossal scale. Tropic Haze says it's in compliance with digital regulations. All right, David, thanks so much for the update. 628 here on News Radio 92.3. Um, one, of the, uh, one of the other developments, we've had some stuff here locally in Tallahassee. Well, not locally, locally, but, you know, in Florida. Um, of course, they're still working on all kinds of bills. One, they got another week and a half left of session. One of the bills is a different kind of social media bill, right? That's another one. That's the one that prohibits people who are under the age of 16 from having social media accounts and regulates people 16, 17, and then would require all the rest of us to basically prove we're 18 in order to have social media accounts. Um, the governor may veto this. It's not clear. It's a big priority of Paul Renner, the Speaker of the House. If he vetoes it, then, you know, this, the House and the Senate would have the option to override the veto. They have the votes in the House. They do not have the votes in the Senate. So that's a weird one. Plus, it would put the Speaker of the House at odds with the governor, which has not happened really before. Uh, Paul Renner apparently is working with the governor to try to find a solution here and figure out. Now, they could come back with a revised version also uh, to kind of fast track pass it before the end of session. So we'll see. Meanwhile, uh, term limits is dead. All of a sudden, found out from Florida politics yesterday that because of disagreements between the House and the Senate version of the bill that would have put eight-year term limits on county commissioners uh, for everybody in the state of Florida or for those counties that vote to do so, depending on which version you look at the House or the Senate, um, Florida politics says it's dead. Michelle Salzman says she's frustrated with, um, and I haven't checked with her personally, and I apologize. I should have texted her yesterday, but I didn't. Um, Florida, uh, but she apparently is frustrated with this outcome. 
I can understand why. Um, but also the Senate was trying to accommodate some, you know, because the Senate and the House are different, uh, accommodate some different interests and in trying to get, like I said, where you would vote in each individual county on this. But it looks like this just isn't going to happen this year, and then they'll bring it back next year and, you know, kind of see what happens under different leadership. So uh, weird, sudden um, development. Also, the House has passed its political disclaimers for artificial intelligence manipulated speech and video I don't want a disclaimer. I just want you to ban the thing and give people to write a remedy if they use your voice or image inappropriately. But that's not happening yet. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Former President Trump's claim of immunity in a federal election interference case will be argued before the Supreme Court April 22nd. The order puts the immunity issue on the fast track at the high court with the justices limiting the question to this. Whether and if so, to what extent does a former president enjoy presidential immunity from criminal prosecution for conduct alleged to involve official acts during his tenure in office? Fox's Shannon Brain. The Israeli military says soldiers opened fire on a crowd in self-defense during a stampede. Gaza's health ministry says more than 100 Palestinians are killed, at least 760 injured. It's reported to have happened in Gaza City as a crowd gathered to receive humanitarian aid. The head of the ambulance service says medics found possibly hundreds of bodies lying on the ground. Fox's Jonathan Savage. Stock futures are down ahead of the opening bell on Wall Street. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, 631 at News Radio 92.3. It's 53 degrees. Mostly cloudy skies this morning in Pensacola. Escambia County school leaders are hoping a new initiative will help tackle ongoing problems in District District 3. They want to combat absenteeism, violence, and poor school grades by bolstering mentoring, conflict resolution, and career education through the Carol McIntosh Education Initiative. Our students get so much information so fast that sometimes we don't have time to teach them uh, how to handle that information. So there's a, there's a natural progression, I believe, that it, every student has that we have to hone in on that national progression, but also we have to be able to build relationships with those students to where you know they, they hear us and then we're gonna be directing them in the way they should go. District 3 School Board Member David Williams tells Channel 3 one of the most important elements of that initiative is increasing parental involvement at home. Returning tomorrow for the 2024 season, the Pensacola Bay City Ferry Service. The National Park Service confirms that the ferry will be in operation over the weekends, transporting residents and tourists between downtown Pensacola, Fort Pickens, and Pensacola Beach. Service will start at 9 a.m. each Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Tickets start at $20 for youth 3 to 15, 24 for seniors, disabled, military, and college students, and $30 for adults. The tickets are good all day long. Joe Ford, News Radio 92.3. Thank you very much, Joe. An elementary school in Fairhope will be closed the rest of the week after a virus outbreak there. WKRG reporting 770 students were absent yesterday at Fairhope West Elementary School. The Alabama Department of Public Health says there's some sort of a gastrointestinal outbreak happening there. Most of the common symptoms of whatever is uh, affecting people have been nausea and vomiting. WKRG reporting out of 1,000 students, only 201 were on campus yesterday. Florida's House Speaker trying to find an alternative to the social media ban for minors. Republican Paul Renner said yesterday he's working with Governor DeSantis to get something done, hopefully by the end of the week. 
HB1 bans anyone under 16 from using most social media sites that passed both the House and the Senate. It just needs the governor's signature now. But Governor DeSantis appears somewhat reluctant to sign it. He has until tomorrow to either sign it, veto it, or let it become law with no signature. Marco Rubio wants Pfizer to clarify its stance on assisted suicide. Senator Rubio announcing yesterday he and colleagues sent Pfizer a letter about its financial assistance to Dying with Dignity Canada. Rubio says uh, Dying with Dignity Canada has pushed to expand the eligibility for medically assisted suicide to children as young as young as 12. Rubio's concerned that Pfizer could be complicit in prematurely ending lives. It is 634 News Radio 92.3, and let's get a look at our traffic on the fives. Jake, what are you seeing? This traffic report brought to you by Executive Landscaping. I'm not seeing anything out there on our roadways slowing us down. No major accidents reported by FHP. Looking on the old Google Maps here, looks like I-10 and I-110 are at posted speeds. Uh, no delays on Burgess or Olive. We're looking good from 12th Avenue through to Palafox and W Street. Uh, Longleaf Drive, Mobile Highway, Pine Forest Road, all checking in clear. No slowdowns on Cervantes. In Milton, Caroline Street is clear. Uh, Stewart Street also checking in without delays. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is flowing smoothly. Smoothly. If you, if you see anything out there slowing you down, you can always call or text me on that traffic tip line. That number is 437-1620. Um, executive Landscaping. Call them today for all your premium and commercial landscaping needs. I am Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. We will see a mostly cloudy day today with temperatures warming near 62 degrees for your high. Overnight tonight, temperatures dropping near 56 degrees. As you go into Friday, showers and thunderstorms likely through the morning and afternoon hours. High near 67 on Friday. Friday night, temperatures dropping near 60 degrees. Some showers possible through the Friday night hours and into your Saturday morning. High on Saturday near 74. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Right now, 53 in Pensacola, 52 in Gulf Breeze, and also in Milton. Our next news. News at 7. Breaking news anytime. I'm David Wayne. News Radio 92.3. I'm Nicole Murray with Your Money Now. Budweiser brewer Anheuser-Busch has reached a tentative contract agreement with the Teamsters Union that avoids a strike at its U.S. plants. CEO Brendan Whitworth said the new setup will offer significant job security commitments that recognizes the talent, dedication, and hard work of its teams while positioning the company for long-term success. The union said the terms of the agreement will be shared with workers prior to a ratification vote, which is expected to happen next week. E-CARCS, which provides software and chip systems for digital car cockpits and driver assist, reported fourth quarter revenue surged 22% from a year earlier to $263 million. Car brands under its fellow conglomerate Geely made up 70% of that revenue. The company said it knows it can't compete with NVIDIA's advanced technology, but 70 to 80% of the car market does not require such advanced tech to be satisfied. Futures are slightly lower. That's your money now. For John's 60th birthday, his family planned to drive down old Route 66. But the trip took a detour when his wife got sick with RSV. It's a highly contagious virus that can lead to breathing problems and hospitalizations. This year, we don't want to cancel our plans. We're protecting ourselves with Pfizer's RSV vaccine, a Brisvo, respiratory syncytial virus vaccine. 
Abrisvo, a vaccine to prevent lower respiratory disease from RSV in people 60 years and older. It's not for everyone and may not protect all who receive it. Don't get Abrisvo if you've had an allergic reaction to its ingredients. A weakened immune system may decrease your response. Most common side effects are tiredness, headache, injection site pain, and muscle pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-844-989-7284 or visit abrisvo.com. So don't wait. Ask your pharmacist or doctor about Pfizer's RSV vaccine, Abrisvo, because every breath matters. What's fun and happening in Pensacola? You'll find out as the City of Pensacola Parks and Recreation Department talks about it here on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Join us tomorrow as we detail what's going on in your city parks and resource centers. The Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 923 and AM 1620. Text or call with your questions. 850 437 1620. My name is Tasca, and I started working here 20 years ago. I'm Diana, and it's been 12 years for me. Hi, I'm Norma, and 20 years is my number. I'm Sandy, and it's been nine years for me. And I'm Jeff, and I'm the general sales manager, and I'm inviting you to join our sales team here at News Radio 92.3. If you have sales experience, I desire for a career that is fun, exciting, while working with local and regional businesses and with an uncapped income, we would like to hear from you. Send your resume to hr at newsradio1620.com. ADX Communication is an equal opportunity employer. Are you ready for a triple dose of wit, insight, and laughter? Tune in to News Radio Pensacola for the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show from 11 to 2. Your daily dose of engaging conversation and hilarious banter. Join Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins as they tackle the biggest news stories, pop culture moments, and everything in between. They'll keep you entertained, informed, and laughing out loud from start to finish. Don't miss a minute of the fun. Tune in to the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show, 11 till 2 on News Radio Pensacola. Six forty here on News Radio ninety two three. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News, and joining us as he does every Thursday morning, we have Wes Moreno. He's the Escambia County Administrator. Wes, welcome back to the show, sir. Hey, good morning, Andrew. How are you? Oh man, I'm always doing well. Good to talk to you as always, and on a non meeting day, so we're both breathing a little easier today. <laughs> a little less work for the both of us. Sure enough. Sure um, Nevertheless. You guys had a pretty rough week this week. Uh, you had an employee that tragically lost his life in a tree trimming accident. And uh, you've had a lot of conversations. I know about this, put a lot of stuff out in the media. Uh, but I just wanted to give you a chance to you know, talk about that incident and talk about what you all are doing moving forward in terms of uh, you know, employee safety and protocols and uh, basically anything you want to say on the subject. Well, yeah, unfortunately, we did have a tragic incident. Um and it was it was sad. I went and met with the department on a Tuesday morning early. And, you know, we always drive, try to drive home safely. We do so many things in Skimmy County. And sometimes we take for granted or we get, uh, you know, we just get lackadaisical sometimes in our approach to how we do our jobs. But we do a lot of things in Skimmy County that are dangerous. And public works is one of those areas. We send heavy equipment on the road every day. We're working on the side of the road in the rights of way, which is one of the most dangerous places that you could possibly be working. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of things, a lot of 
things that you need to do to be safe, your work zone safety. Wearing and utilizing your personal protection equipment, uh, that's a big thing. And, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, the the gentleman that passed away Monday morning, uh, he wasn't wearing his harness. I don't know why he wasn't wearing his harness. But uh, it was a tragic accident, and, uh, you know, we feel for the family. There's co-workers. I mean, he's been out there over 20 years. I worked with him. And uh, it was it was just a sad, sad, sad incident that happened Monday morning. So you know we we met Tuesday morning early and we tried to drive home. Uh, safety, safety, safety. You got to be safe. Set your work zone up. Use the right tool for the right job. Uh, wear your personal, wear your eyeglasses, your eye protection. Wear your chainsaw chaps. When you flag in traffic, don't turn your back to the traffic. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that sometimes we just, you know, you've been doing this for such a long time, you get, oh, I'm good, I'm good. Well, you know, all it takes is once. All it takes is once. Yeah. And so what I preach to to them, and and whether you work in corrections or wherever you work, your number one job every day is to go home, is to go home is to go home. And it's not a guarantee that your number one job is to go home. So we buy the personal protection equipment, we preach safety and so when you can't you can't have somebody standing on top of you twenty four seven. I mean we you know, when you were working out in the field you, you, we put trust in you that you're gonna do the right thing as far as safety goes. So uh, yeah, it's been a bit huge it's been a huge uh Emphasis, uh, I know, if you will, on on safety this week, and unfortunately, uh, it's a it's it's a tragic tragic event that's kind of called us all together. And, and you know, I, I know you, you want to do it. I was gonna say you you've Sorry, worked in dangerous things, you know, your whole life, uh, working on road and construction, and um, we all know that every extra bit of thing you do to be safe is annoying and inconvenient. And that's why it's so easy for us to cut those corners or, you know, I mean, in talking to Ryan Jenkins, my farmer, I'm always, you know, he's always talking about how, well, they do this to try to make it safe, safer. And then we do this to work around it because that's super inconvenient to do that way. You know, like that's unfortunately, that's mm-hmm. the way these things go. And, you know, as you say, um, nobody would trade five minutes of inconvenience against their own life. But that's because your calculus in your head thinks that, it's, well, it's not going to go bad this time. And, you know, I've done it a hundred thousand thousand times before. Uh, and it hasn't gone bad, so I'm going to be okay this time. But it's that one time you don't account for when, you know, the tree branch whips back at you because of something slip or whatever, you know, and horrible things happen. Right. I um, also wanted to ask you, I know one of the big things that we're working on is um, the OLF8 project and getting that contract deal in. And uh, Beulah Town Center had kind of come back with a revised proposal. You got into a two-week negotiating period that started last Thursday. So we're halfway through that already. Have you and Allison uh, Rogers County Attorney had a chance to meet with the folks from Town Cent- Beulah Town Center yet? Have they given you a contract that you can work on yet? We've not seen an actual contract, and that's what we're waiting on, is uh, a contractual offer, and we've got the letter of interest. And the letter of interest, I mean, that's, that's great, but the devil's in the details. So we want to see right. the actual contract and actually what's being offered in, in the all of all of the things that, that make it up, you know, the, the hard money, the length to close, time for due diligence, 
all of, all of the things in the contract that that's what we need. That's what that's, that's so we're still waiting on that. And okay. when we get that, we'll we'll peruse through it and we'll get our offer. I'm sure. And again, that's going to include things like the actual purchase price, the uh, time of due diligence, mm-hmm. how much of the money, as Stephen Barry likes to say, goes hard, as in is actually at risk. Uh, you know, come the six months or anything like that. And as you say, <laughs> the details are going to matter. Uh, I'm just, you know, if we're a week into it and we haven't seen any of the details, that concerns me a little bit about, you know, well, it's only a week left. <laughs> so, I, you know, I want to see something happen. Well, I, think I, I do work. know that I work. I mean, I did have a conversation with Fred Hemmer uh, last Friday, I think it was. After the meeting, okay. And so I do know that. I, I do know I do know they're, they're driving on it. I do know that. Okay. And so I, I, I really do expect to see it fairly soon. Okay. Well, and even if they don't come back within, you know, even if this doesn't get resolved within the week, I mean, that doesn't, I mean, you can still negotiate after that. It's just, this is the protected period or whatever. So uh, we're talking to Wes Moreno. He is the Escambia County Administrator. Wes, hang on for just a second. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Jake? This traffic report brought to you by Indeed.com. Not seeing anything out there on the roadways to report. Looks like everything's at posted speeds. No accidents reported by FHP. Highway 98 through Gulf Breeze and Navarre is good. Coming out of Milton this morning on Highway 90, you're good. And uh, Highway 29 South through Cantonment is accident-free. Make the hiring process work for you with Indeed's end-to-end hiring solution. You can attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place. Start at Indeed.com slash credit. I'm Jake Walker with your Traffic on the Fives. Thanks so much, Jake. Back to West Moreno, the Escambia County uh, Administrator. Um, I know the county's always busy doing stuff. I per- Personally, my wife and I have been biking in Orange Beach, and uh, we've been driving through the Perdido Key area kind of every weekend, and we see the multi-use path. That's really coming on, so kudos to your folks. I mean, that's fast. Like, I saw them preparing right away to be constructed on it, and all of a sudden it's like it's all built on. So uh, that's really good. You had a couple of uh, kudos, attaboys, you wanted to give out also. I think one for FPL. Yeah, I want to. I just want to shout out to FPL and Rick Byers particularly uh, for their assistance Monday morning and helping to clear uh, the accident scene. There was a a large tree kind of wedged in the bottom of the bucket truck. We weren't sure how we were going to get it out, and um, I called Rick. I said, "Hey, man, you think you can help help us out?" And, and as always, Rick's always very helpful. And uh, he called me back to this lady. He says, "I got a supervisor in route, and uh, we we got our tree folks, you know, coming to take a look." And they they actually were were very <laughs> helpful in getting that tree out of the out of the boom of our of our bucket truck. So I appreciate that. And then personally, uh, we've been dealing with uh, a sick puppy uh, this week, uh-huh. uh, very sick. And so I just want to give a shout out to Dr. Cornette at the Animal Hospital of Beulah. It just, man, those guys, they're so awesome up there. He, he's awesome. His staff is awesome. And I just wanted to uh, just give him a shout out this morning, let him know how much I appreciate everything he's done for us this week and uh, for our puppy this week. Uh, he's just a, a just a great, great veterinarian. He's just one of the best. You don't necessarily need them all that often, but when something's wrong with a family pet, man, having a good vet, and there's a scarcity of them, that's why the good ones are in such high demand. Um, and I understand that. That's that's fantastic. I'm, I mean, I'm sorry that you're going through it, but I'm glad you have a resource that uh, is uh, giving you some, some comfort in that difficult situation. The Summer Youth Employment Program applications just began, right? They did, and they just began, and uh, you know that's always a successful program. 
for for some use uh, gives them an exposure to, to local government and and different things and experience a work experience you know get up in the morning come to work uh, do the things you need to do to be successful and hopefully we can uh, mentor them and some of them we've hired some of them we've hired on permanent in different areas of the county uh, but if nothing else, hopefully they, they get a good experience uh, as they move forward and experience that they can look back uh, or, you know, just find their direction, if you will, as they, as they move on into uh, permanent employment as they, as they, uh, as they mature. I'll right, that. right. Uh, yeah, so it's a good thing. No, it's a good opportunity. The city does a similar thing. I know, you know, it's, and I, I like it. I like the idea of giving kids the opportunity to do something during the summer that might expose them to a whole career field that they didn't know might be a, might be appealing to them. We've got uh, it's Gulf Coast Rip Current Awareness Week. Um, you're working on uh, enhancing water safety on Pensacola Beach. You've got the lighting ordinance for the Barrier Island lighting ordinance, Purdue Key. Uh, this is tonight, and there was one on Pensacola Beach uh, last night. Uh, sorry, two nights ago. And then the um, uh, the Beulah Master Plan open house is tonight, right? It is, yep. That's another charrette uh, for the Beaver Master Plan. So we encourage folks uh, the, that live in the area to attend and provide their input so they can have a say-so in, in how things move forward here in Beulah. And there's not necessarily a lot of people that come to these, so uh, if you have ideas, you have more leverage because you'll be one of the people who are there, and that's you know that's that's a good thing. Uh, Wes Moreno, he is the Escambia County Administrator. Wes, as always, thank you for the time. Thanks for helping run our county, and we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Absolutely. 651 on News Radio 923, informative, local, dependable. If you are um, thinking about buying that vehicle, trying to decide where to go, who to buy from, where to look, Frontier Motors is about 300 different cars, trucks, vans, SUVs on the lot, and you can shop all the different varieties all in one place without having to go run around town. And when I say they serve the Pensacola community, I mean that. They do extra things above and beyond that they don't have to do, like... Whenever you buy a car, if you even just look at a car price, it's going to be the front page is going to be the sheet of prices, and then the end bottom line price is the only thing you you you, you know basically negotiate on, and then behind that is going to be a Carfax report, which is the vehicle automotive repair and maintenance history to the degree that it's been reported. And I say that because there might be things that happen to the car that weren't on the report. That's why it's always good to take a used vehicle to a good mechanic that you trust to get a used vehicle inspection. Well worth the money, okay? Um, but okay, let's say you're, you know, so you get that. Obviously, you get that at, uh, and they have mechanics. I'm not talking. About, I'm saying if you buy from somebody else. Um, but if you go to buy from, you know, somebody on the corner lot or somebody on Facebook Marketplace or whatever, and they don't give you a Carfax, no problem. Call Frontier and they'll run you one for free with the VIN. Easy. Say, so why would they help you buy a car from Joe on the corner? Well, because they can, and because they just want to help you make good decisions. And maybe from that Carfax, you learn something that, you know, oh, I don't know. Or, hey, this is going to be all right. Either way, it's something they can do. It's an easy way to serve the community. So when I say Frontier Motors has been serving the Pensacola community for more than 25 years behind the big buffalo on Beverly Parkway, I mean that. Pinner Credit Union is here for every move-in day to the perfect home, every trip up the coast in the perfect car, for every business door unlocked, every dollar saved for something special, Every dream achieved, one goal at a time. We're here because Pinair Credit Union has been a part of this community since 1936. And with affordable lending, flexible accounts, easy access, and smart guidance, we're a perfect fit for the way you bank. Join us at Pinair.org. You'll fit right in. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 
Join Keith and Pam, your insurance experts with Ferris Health Partners, Monday at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. Learn how to save money on your health care costs. Find the right insurance products that best fits the needs for you and your family as you head towards retirement or are looking for options now. They will be taking your calls and questions Monday at 9 with Ferris Health Partners on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Pensacola right now with Joe and Austin. It's like headline news for radio every day, 4 to 7 on News Radio 92.3. Informative, local, dependable. Per gallon of gas is 3.31. The Florida average is 3.36. Our gap keeps widening. That's not great. 2.86 in Mississippi and California is 4.74. If you are in Navarre this morning, 3.15 east of the Walmart, uh, 2.90. No, that's the Tom Thumb. Sorry, uh, 2.95. Go west, young man. Uh, 2.95 at the Walmart uh, or 3.05 at the Sefco and 87. If you're uh, in Tiger Point, looks like 3.09 is your best shot. That's at the Exxon on Gulf Breeze Parkway. 3.14, still Pi Day in Gulf Breeze proper. 3.09 at the Raceway in Milton. 3.09 at the Pea Ridge Murphy. And 3.09 in um, uh, going through Pace. If you are on 9 Mile, the Walmart is uh, got 2.94. The same price, I think, at the Murphy in front of the Walmart on US 29. And then coming in from the southwest side, uh, a little out of the way, but the Pure Station on Jackson Street has 3.05. That's your cheapest price this morning. Uh, oh, no, wait. Sorry. I see an outlier. The Thumberland Farms on Highway 98 by the Walmart has got 295. So if you dare. Uh, 655 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Jake's got traffic on the fives. Jake? That's the gas station I walked to yesterday when my truck was broken <laughs> down. It was the Thumberland over by that Walmart. Oh, yeah. why were you over? Is that? I thought you lived in Gulf Breeze area. That was like Westside, Perdido. Oh, that There's one. a lot of thumber. <laughs> Many a lot of those. Look alike. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, thanks. Also, to- can I just for the moment remind everybody the question that we're all asking all the time? Why are some of them still Tom Thumbs and other of them mm-hmm. Cumberland Farms? What makes that rule? Because there is no order to this system, and it drives me crazy. Yeah. Sorry, I, Jake, I thought you'd appreciate that's, that That's one. why I call them Thumberland Farms. That's right. <laughs> uh, the old Thumberland. Uh, we're not seeing anything on our roadways right now. I-10 and I-110 are checking in at posted speeds. Highway 98 uh, past your Thumberland Farms is looking good. Uh, east and westbound. Highway 90 coming out of Milton through Pace is great as well. Highway 29 not showing any accidents through Ensley or Cantonment. If you see anything out there slowing you down, you can. somebody just texted in Thumberland. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can always text us through. here at 437-1620. I'm Jake Walker with your traffic on the fives. That was Jake's invention, by the way, the Thumberland Farms. Yeah. Uh, David Wayne's in the newsroom with our headlines. David? President Biden will be in Texas today to address the surge of migrants at the border. The White House said Wednesday that he'll be meeting with Border Patrol and local leaders in Brownsville. Uh, Former President Trump is also in Texas today. He'll be speaking in Eagle Pass. Well, the Smokehouse Creek fire in Texas in the panhandle there is now claimed a life. Officials in Hutchinson County say they found the body of 83-year-old Joyce Blankenship in the town of Stinnett, and that wildfire there has just devastated the town. It's destroyed about 20 buildings. Texas is on fire, man. Oh. It's crazy, yeah. it's bad. Did you see the videos yesterday I've of people driving it, yes. through the road? Oh, yes. It just looked terrible. 
Uh, and Elon Musk says that uh, Tesla plans to start shipping its Roadster sports cars next year. He had a series of posts on X yesterday. He says the design on those is a combination effort between Tesla and SpaceX. Uh, he also says this uh, vehicle apparently will be capable of going from zero to 60 in less than one second. What? Less than one second. That's what that he says. That sounds like... Per- like- biologically damaging acceleration. It really does. I mean, that's, you know, like, I don't, mm, okay, make sure people don't black out. <laughs> so we'll see. If your I'll, friend has one of those, when he says, hold on, yeah, hold on. That's right. Uh, watch this. <laughs> also, does it fling out into space well? That's what I really want to know. Uh, David, <laughs> thanks so much for the update. 658 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. Time for Future News. Future News, where we tell you what's going to happen before it happens. All right, Supreme Court been talking about it all morning, the uh, social media uh, influence, regulation, fairness, whatever that Florida put in several years ago. How do you think they rule on this? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I think they're going to rule in favor of the First Amendment, leaving it alone. Okay, see, I think they're going to go with Florida on at least protecting people's access to the platform and also the ability to put up posts. Where I'm not sure is on the issue of, like, the feed. Um, but I think, mm. I think that, I don't know, the justices seem pretty skeptical, um, so I think that might be the part that they actually strike down. So it's, I think it's going to be kind of a split decision, which is common enough. The, the email Court. thing is what scares me, is they can go in and start deleting emails. Right, right, which is what they claim they would have the ability to do, but... Mm. It's like it's almost like if they were to do it more, if they were to regulate your email, then they would have more protection from the First Amendment to be able to mess with your emails. <laughs> it's weird it's how so you weird. actually earn the right to censor by censoring. Like that's a bizarre position to take, which is exactly the position that they're taking. The more we content moderate, the more we are allowed the protection under the First Amendment to content moderate and the government can't stop us. So they're actually being encouraged to censor your emails so they can censor Stream us at newsradio923.com. <laughs> Newsradio 923. WNRP Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.